0: First week starting back to school. Um, I hope everyone has had a great week so far. Um, I pray that everyone listens to Dan's message and walks away having learned something. Amen.
1: Please let us learn something. Please, I agree with that prayer. We are in the uh, the book of. We're finally in the book of Daniel. If you remember, I introduced it just a couple weeks back, like November 12th, and now we're finally getting there. So if you've forgotten the introduction, don't worry, I did too. And uh, so, oh, no. Um, Happy Merry Christmas. Christmas. New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, what's, what's the thing called that people make at the beginning of the year? It's the new New Year's resolution. Anybody here make a New Year's, re- re- I don't want you to share it. I just want to know if anybody, okay, six of you, seven of you, eight, total got 12. Okay, um, a resolution is a decision to change something, right? You're, you're like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, 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 this year, I'm going to start off fresh. And I was doing this before, but now I'm going to stop doing that. Or I'm going to start doing this. Some of them, uh, of the top ones, I'll give you one word. You give me the last word. A lot of a lot of folks in this world say that they're going to quit smoking, right? They're going to quit smoking, right? Or vaping if you're a teenager and cool. No, you're not cool. You're a dork. Um, uh, uh, some, and if you're not probably a teenager, I hope you're not in this place yet. But in college, you very well could be, uh, but you shouldn't be uh, if you can help it. Uh, you need to get out of debt. Get, get out of jail. Get out of Amen. Get out of jail or debt. Feels like the same thing. And 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 then a the third one. This is one that is is is. Y'all are young and it's just not fair how much food you can eat. But uh, a lot of us, as you age to my age, you want to lose weight, right? You want to lose weight. Um. Anybody here hate to eat green food besides like green M Ms or green Skittles? Like anybody here hate 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 your vegetables? Anyway, no, I said. Someone said, "Oh, I, I don't hate them. I just dislike them greatly." Okay, hands down. Okay, some of you are are, are loud and proud. I have um, in my household my <coughs> my boys. I don't know why uh, they hate vegetables. My girls do pretty well with them. Uh, my boys do not. And so I got a, a text from my son. He just went back to school all the way to UNF, about well, 30 miles away. Uh, and so he sent me a text once he got back to school, and it was his first night in, in the calf. and he sent me this p- picture right here. It, said, it says, New Year's resolution. Eat more salads than I did last year. And then he said, check that off quick, because he had no salads this, this uh, and, and he, he hashtag New Year new me. Um, so I, 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 wrote him and said, but did you, what was that you put on top of it? He said, Caesar, it was horrible. He said, I, it, I think he, I, I've got the next text. He threw up in his mouth a little bit. I threw up in my mouth a little and then I had one, but then he said, but then I ate one without interesting. So I said, you should try these types. And i am said, so proud. And your mother is crying, which, which was true, which was true. She would de- deny it, but she's like, my baby boy's growing up. No. And uh, he's done for salads for the year. What percentage? So Noah was successful with his New Year's resolution. What percentage of Americans do you think stick with their New Year's resolution for at least a month? Why do you want to put some input here? What you got? 1%. 30%. One person out of the whole world. 50. Half of them. 23%. Point two or three. Point seven. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: 15%. What's that? Fifteen percent. Okay, hands down, hands down. I, I just don't have time because I really want to preach. Uh, it's really about ten percent. Last a month. They, they're they're gung ho that first week. I not know if you've ever, it, it, been a part of a gym and and that gym is slam packed this week and next week uh, and then by week three there's about a third of the folks in there. By week week five. No one's there at all. You don't know what's going on. Uh, So, um, but do do you know that, so only 10% make it a month. What percentage of people who don't tell anyone about their resolution keep it for more than a month, you think? 10% do when people know about it. What do you think? Right here. Two in the world. Okay. 25%. 25%. Okay, hands down. Answer is 1%. 1%. Ten times more people stick with it if they tell someone about it. And that's just a good truth on um, accountability is so important. If we don't tell others what we're doing, we're going to fail ourselves so many times. We're going to talk ourselves out of it. We're going to be gung-ho. And then we're going to talk ourselves, ah, that big piece of cake looks really good. You know, ah, I'm just going to have one bite. And you, like, get the biggest bite you can and, like, yeah, the whole piece, right? And, and you act like I only, only had a bite. I don't know why I gained weight this week. So um, <clears throat> that's going to, what we just talked about is going to have to do with later in the message. So it's just it's just file that away. Who wrote the book of Dan, Daniel? Daniel? Daniel, very good. Y'all are brilliant people. It was written in two lang, 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 languages. What what were they? Hebrew, Hebrew and? No, no, not not Greek. Aramaic, okay, Greek, uh, uh, not Hebrew, and Aramaic. <clears throat> now, um, an interesting thing, Daniel lived around 600 B.C. to five-something, lower fives B.C., before Christ. So six, or 2,600 years ago is when he lived. Who else lived during his time frame that is known for writing messages in fortune cookies? You know? Interesting fact, Confucius. Confucius says, the wise man, and he he has all these little sayings, but he didn't know Daniel. They lived 4,000 miles apart, didn't they? But they just lived around the the exact same time. Interesting fact. You're like, man, my life has been changed. I can go to sleep now. Daniel is one of my heroes. I'm excited that we're in this book and get get to, to preach through it. But he's someone whose stories inspire me uh, to be a better man, inspire me to stand firm in the faith when it feels like I'm all alone, inspires me, and we're going to see this, that even when I follow God and things don't work out well, my God is still with me. So because I've, I've, I've just sort of read it and just sort of chewed on this text so much, he's, he's, he's someone, man, I just want to be like. Now we we throw that word he, hero around a lot nowadays, right? I mean, there's a you read in on a, a Facebook thing where this hero firefighter has saved this cat from a tree, and you read it, and it's it's a Christmas tree that's six feet tall. And this old lady's just thrilled that he got the cat out of the middle of the Christmas tree. Is that a he, hero? Firefighters can be heroes, right? For sure, but not everything they do. We 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 tend to. To boost them up more than, than I think we should, and we, and because because of that, that word will lose weight. It doesn't mean as much when everybody's a hero. Hey, everybody gets a trophy. That trophy doesn't mean a whole lot, right? So everybody's a hero. No, everybody's not a hero. We should strive to be. There's some things that we should strive to do. Look at this video on uh, I think two he- he- heroes. Uh, that was just a viral video clip that came out.
0: I'm called Temperance Pattingston, but everybody calls me Tempy. And I don't mind which one you call me. OK. I like my real name best. Right. They can still call me Tempy. OK. And I am five and a half, and I come from Darlington. I did um, a 100-metre swim, and I did a triathlon.
2: My name's Simon Brown, and I'm from Leeds, in West Yorkshire, Uh, and I was a soldier uh, for 13 years in the Army. And uh, in 2006, I was injured whilst on a rescue mission in Iraq. I was shot by a sniper, but I was very fortunate to survive, and and when I came home, I found out that I'd lost my sight, and I had to rebuild my life. After being, uh, after being told that I was uh, gonna be a blind man and leave the army.
0: What was the thing that you got shot by again? It
2: was a little bullet, no bigger than the end of my finger, and it went in my face here, and came out here, and um, and I, as, as I said, I was very lucky that I didn't get killed. Can you tell me why you swam 100 meters and why you did a triathlon?
0: Because, this, even though I didn't know any of the soldiers, I just thought, that they've did something for us. I thought I could give a present back to them. Right. By raising the money. I'm quite proud of the soldiers.
2: Oh, well, I tell you now, I'm telling you now that the soldiers are also very proud of you, because I'm 38 and a half, and I can't do a triathlon. But... I've,
0: and I am also scared to go on my bike. So that was quite a challenge for
2: me. To get on your bike?
0: Yeah, because I'm afraid to ride it.
2: Did you have stabilisers?
0: Yeah, because I haven't learnt how to do it with only two wheels yet.
2: You like to challenge yourself, don't you? Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> the soldiers challenge themselves.
2: Yes, right, they do. And, um...
0: and and you didn't die when you got shot in the eye.
2: I didn't did you? get shot. In the, I got shot in the face, actually, not quite the eye, but it was close enough. And, um, yeah. yeah, I didn't die, but I, I was lucky and I got home and um, and then I had to rebuild my life. And it's because of the challenges that you do and the money you raise and the support you get that people like me can get better. So that's why people like you are our heroes.
0: And and people like you
2: are mine. So it works, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: You know, a, um, a he- he- hero will face adversity even when it's, it's against what the crowd says to do. Even when it's, 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 it's not the cool, uh, cool thing to do. They press forward still. A, a, a hero will sacrifice so that others might gain. Uh, there's a, a a film that many of you probably saw called uh, Avengers Endgame, and you see a scene with the Soul Stone, where Hawkeye and Black wit, 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 Widow are are they've got to get the stone, and they re, 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 realize one of them has got to die to get the stone, and they fight it out on who's going to die, and it's like you, you you hold your breath through the through the scene, but they're both trying to give their all so that the others, and they can gain. It's, it's what a hero her, hero does. Um, as we work through this book, you're going to see a hero uh, that things don't always work out well for, but he still stands firm, and that's sort of what I love about this book. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. We're about to jump in the text. Uh, I, I don't have a student to read this tonight. <laughs> There's a lot of sort of weird words, so I'm just going to read it uh, and... Um, uh, Daniel chapter 1, we're going to be begin in verse 3. In 1 and 2, King Nebuchadnezzar has just come into Jerusalem and Judah and just wiped it out. And he's taken, uh, we're going to read, but he's taken young men back to him. But he's just he's just besieged it and wiped it out. So let's. we're going to begin in verse 3. I want to ask you to stand as we just read God's word in, in, in honor just to remind us. We stand because of this we 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 stand because we honor god's word It's the word of God, and it's just a reminder we, you know, every time you read it, you't go we gotta stand <laughs> that would be weird if you're in your car and um <clears throat> but it's just a reminder so verse three, this is where it begins. Then the king uh commanded a- Aspenath, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility youth youth without blimp blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, uh, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Dan- Daniel, Han- Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribes of Judah, and the chief of the, the, the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Ab- Abednego, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, just just, just help us as we work through this text tonight. I thank you for every student and adult that's in this room. Lord, may we all be students of you and your word today, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Have a seat. <clears throat> now, the goal of the Babylonians was to take the best of the best, like the the strongest, the fittest, the best looking that is Israel had. They're going to take them back with them, and they were they they were go, were going to replace everything that they knew, every way that they were raised. So that they, they were going to be trained for three years to eat like a Babylonian, to drink like one, to sleep like one, to breathe like one, to walk like one, to speak like one, so that at the end of the time, they would no longer be Israeli men. They would be Babylonian men. And because they took sort of the best of the best, it would guide the rest of their people who they came from to sort of just immerse themselves into that new world. So, so, um, so even what you ate was different, and what you liked to eat was 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 different to the point of what God you served, or what gods they would say that you served. You would serve their gods, not the one true God. Now, um, it's funny the cult, cult culture that we live in, the world that we live in, um, tells you that they want you to think and have an open mind, right? Have you heard, you heard that? Oh, just be open minded, but be open-minded about what we say you're allowed to be open-minded about. Because the very thing they say, oh, we'll, we'll talk freely about this, and you start to talk about it, they go, oh, no, 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 that's wrong, you can't say that. And you're like, wait, we're open-minded, what, what happened? So we live in a world that is working to do the same thing that Babylon was trying to work to do Them. It's trying to slowly change you without you even knowing they are doing it. There's an, an article, now one way they do this and it's being done all the time and you need to be aware of this, media is not an innocent thing that good people put out because they just want you to be entertained with nice stuff and smile and feel good about yourself. That's not what media is for. It is, it is to sway you, to change you, to, to be more like what they think you should be like. An interesting thing, how long has the TV set been around for? Do you know? It really didn't get into the homes a lot until the late 1940s to the early 1950s. So we're talking 70 years ago it's been around. Now, there's a guy that named L. Wolf that wrote the, an article in 1998 called, called How the Media Brain w- 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 Washes You. Now, I'm not thinking you're like going... So don't let that word freak you out. I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> don't let me freak you out. <laughs> but li- listen to what he said. And I've got it here on the screen. It says this. Uh, uh, even the earliest clinical studies of television, some of which were conducted in the late 1940s and early 1950s by Tavistock operatives, I don't know who they are, but they were somebody, uh, showed that the viewers over a relatively short period of time entered into a trance-like state of semi-awareness characterized by a fixed stare. Have we ever seen someone locked into a TV and just looking dumb? No offense, because y'all do it too. Um, a fixed stare. The, the longer one watched, the more pronounced the stare. Uh, my little kids especially do this. Man, they just sort of like fall into this huge, you sort of see it. The more time they're in the TV, the more they just sort of lost in it, and then they're rotten, like, like God bless them. <clears throat> uh, the longer one watched, the more pronounced the stare. In such a condition of twilight, twilight-like twilight semi-awareness, people became more susceptible to messages both contained in the programs themselves and through transference in advertising. That's why we still see commercials all the time, and they're dumb. A lot of them are dumb, but the, it, when you buy stuff, you don't even know it. They were being brainwashed. Um, that's TV back in the late 1940s to early 1950s. What media throws up in our face now that makes us dumb down? You all got one in your pockets. A lot of you do, right? Your phone can do anything, so much more than a TV can do. And how many have you seen a crowd of six or eight eating out someplace, and what are are they doing? They're just this. They're just this, right? Locked in this world. And we, they've known about this stuff since the '40s that it, it does this stuff. And there's slowly they they allow little things here and little things there. And oh, it's not that bad. And and this this little bit of kissing or a little bit more than kissing. And then they're showing a little bit more. Oh, it's just not that bad. And it's things that in 1980 that we weren't allowed to see are on every TV show nowadays. Why? Is it because we've evolved to better pe- pe- people? people? Or have we de- devolved because of what media's done to us. Be aware of it. The things, the same things that they had were were being done to them, are being done to us all the time right now. But we got to wake up. Got to wake up. Um, the Jews of that day, okay, the Jews in, in first uh, not first century, uh, in, in five hundred BC, six hundred BC, uh, were trained at a young age that uh, of the one true God. By age 11 or 12, many young boys knew the Torah by heart. You know what the the, the Torah is? The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, even Leviticus, Deut- Deuteronomy, and num- Numbers, right? I mixed one of those up. Knew it by heart. In my Bible, that's page 1 to, p- to page 177. 11 or 12, they knew this stuff by heart. It was taught to them by their parents and taught to them in their schools. And they knew the commandments of God. They knew what the word of God said. The, the question here with, with this text is, we're going to see that, that D, Daniel and his friends battle against the culture of the day. The question is, how do we battle against the culture of the day? Step one is this. You've got to be biblically literate. Big term is you've got to be in the Word. You've got to not just be in it. You've got to know the Word of God. Know what it says. And that means regularly reading your Bible. Just re- reading it. I don't care if you're sitting on the pot. Just read your Bible. That's another term for, for t- t- toilet. Sorry. Probably out of line. I'll take that out of the whatever call it. We need to regularly study the word of God. Not just read it, but study the word of God. And and you might say, Well, a regular, what is that? Well, what are things you do reg- regularly within in your life? I guarantee you y'all you sleep. Y'all eat. Y'all might exercise. I run four times a week. I'd say that, that that sort of counts. Just things that are a part, it should be regular. It shouldn't be, I did it I did it once. I got, I got it in. That means oh, this is gonna freak you guys out. Talking about spiritual things among your friends. <gasps> Dear Lord, you're smoking crack, Pastor Dan. That's not allowed. That, we can't do that. <clears throat> this is one thing I do know. If you don't talk about God around your church friends, you will never talk about God around your non-church friends. And, and what are you called to do? We're, we're called to be a light. Regularly, this is the way we should be. <clears throat> that means sitting under sound teaching and preaching regularly and staying awake and paying att- attention regularly. And, and you know what else? It means? it means asking questions. If you read the Word of God and you don't have any questions at all, there's something wrong with you. You're not that smart. We just, I, I've got questions. I've got things. I'm, i I don't have all the answers to this book, but I know that God has shown me so much through it. We've got to we've got to dig in. It says this right here in verse six. Among these, he says their names were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah of the tribe of Judah. Now, understand how old do you think the, these young men were? I'm going to ask you to do this. I don't do this very often, but there's going to be probably a big enough group of you. If you are a guy age 14, 15, or 16, stand up real quick. Guy, 14, 15, 16. All right. All right, sit, sit down, fellas. Good. Okay? That's probably the age of D- D- Daniel and his buddies right here. 15 or 16 years old when they start to make a stand. Sometimes you go, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not an adult yet. It's not time for me to do it. It's time now. If you don't stand now, you'll never stand. I've, talked to, I've seen too many adults who've never stood in their life. And if you don't start, you never are going to start at 20 or 21 or 25 or 30 God can save you, and you can be redeemed, and something can change there, but the odds are against that you're going to. If you're in church now, you claim to follow Christ now, you've got to start to stand now. So um, <clears throat> what's interesting, in verse 7, we see their names are changed. There's a slide that's sort of half, half cut off, right? So so this is, this is their names right here. Uh, Dan- Daniel, his name means God is my judge. Hananiah uh, means Yahweh is gr- gracious. Mishael is who is what God is who who is who is who who looks like God in the way that He is. Uh, Azariah is Yahweh has helped. So in, in in this time, their names gave them identity. It was a reminder to them of who they were and who God was. So even when someone said their name, it made them think, oh, "Yeah, God is God is my judge." I need I, I need to I need to honor him with my life, you know. Yahweh has helped. So their names not only when they heard it, when other people heard their names, it meant something to them as well about who God was. When we see in verse seven, their names are changed, and and this is what their names are changed to: Daniel's changed to Belshazzar, which is May who is a little G God. Okay, uh, not, not a real god, a false god. May Bel protect his life, or or may may I be a protector of the king? They're not quite sure. It's 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 one of those two things. Um, Hananiah is Shadrach, which is the command of Aku. Aku is, is a a little g god. That means he's not a god. It's, it's a, a a moon god. Uh, uh, Michal, They just changed it instead of who is what God is, is who is what Aku is, and. Um, Azariah is Abednego, with servant of Nego or Nebo. They're not sure of, of which one, both of which would be a little G God. Why did they change their name? Because they, they, they don't want them to remember who they are. And you're in a world that is trying to get you every day to forget who you are. And who, this is who you are. You are created by God, loved by God, pursued by God. Who God sacrificed everything in the gift of His Son Jesus Christ for, so that you can be in once again right relationship with God once because your sin separates you from God. And God made a way for you to be that to be fixed. It's only through Jesus Christ. Jesus, G- Jesus said, I am the way. If you believe in him at all, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The way, not a way, the way. He's the only, only way to God. Um, verse 8, take a look at verse 8 here. It says this, interesting, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Uh, therefore, he asked the chief of eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Now, of all things to put your foot down, he puts his foot down on food. You know, I think there's a lot of things, you know, ah, there's probably bigger things you could put your foot down. Why? And I don't know about you, but, man, I like to eat. And the king's food—that sounds like it'd be pretty good food. I mean, it's like Longhorn in a loop every day. <laughs> uh, um. So why didn't he want to eat it? And this is this goes back to as a young man, he knew the word of God. It had been poured into his life. He understood what it said, and he understood in Leviticus 11 and chapters 11 and 17, it said because he was a Hebrew and. Uh, that eating the king's food would defile him and make him unclean before God. He knew that Jews could only eat of animals approved by God and that it had to pre- be prepared in such a way that the blood was drained a certain way away from the flesh. That 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 if not eating uh, food that was defiled and God had told him not to eat that. How did he know that? Because the word of God was in him. Cuz he understood the word of God. Also the king's food would be the first food offered to idols, the little G gods, and no faithful Jew could eat of defiled food given to idols. So that's why he 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 does this. And it says a word here which to me is one of the most awesome words in the world. And 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 guys and, and girls I'm speaking to you too but guys if you can get this if you can understand what this word means and live it out you are going to be a power and force wherever you go. As you live this life, as you find a wife, as you have a family, as you go and serve wherever God calls you to serve. And the word is resolve. Daniel resolved. Now, we decide, we make up our minds all the time. But when you resolve yourself, that means you, you have decided and nothing is going to change your mind. You're not going to step back. It's not, you're not going to fall back. Girls, look for a guy who resolves himself on the things of God. You know, you know, you want to know what to look for? That is what you look for, and don't look for anything else. It's a waste of your time. Sorry, guys, I just put you on the spot. If you want, you know. now. <clears throat> um, so, step one is you've got to be biblically liter- literate. Step two, you must be firm in your resolve. You want to fight against the culture today. You got to be. You got to stand up against it. Um, So you ask, how can I have this resolve? And I'm so glad that you asked me that question. Uh, You've you've got to do, I think, two things to have resolve that I'm talking about that he he has here. Uh, One is this. You must own your faith. You cannot piggyback on anybody's faith. No matter how good or great or godly they are, it doesn't help you. They can teach you things, but unless you own it, unless you grab it, unless you hold it and take it for yourself, it's not going to affect you. You will never have the resolve he's talking about here. It's your decision, not your parents. Just because, and I've heard this so many times, my granddaddy was a Baptist preacher and he was godlier than God. You know, they didn't say that, but they almost, and you're like, that's great. Are you smoking a joint? You know, you're like, you're like, you can't. This doesn't make make sense. Sorry, that's a that's a weird thing. I've not, never seen a guy smoking a joint. Um, <laughs> so we lived in high school. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. You know, it, it wouldn't matter if your dad was Billy Graham. That'd be a great thing to have a dad like Bill, Bill, Billy Graham. I think he would teach you great things. But unless you grab that faith and own it for yourself. It, do- it doesn't count. You know, I um, I uh, was dating my wife for about a year, and we went on a mission trip. You've heard me tell some of these stories to Africa for a summer. We both were picked to go on this team. Uh, we were split up for about six weeks or eight weeks, and she was on this team that did cushy stuff. I was on a team that ate rice and fish guts for six weeks and stuff. It was great. Uh, but I really, it was the best summer of my life. But I remember I was, uh, toward the end of the trip, I had not seen her in six weeks. Uh, and I, we had been dating, but we said, this summer is about God. We're just going to not worry about our relationship. We're just going to go go and serve. That was great. And still, in the back of your mind, you're like, I wonder what she's thinking. I wonder if, if things change. What's going on? And so I'm painting this house. I hear that, hey, the team's here. Uh, we come out, and there's like a, it's like a movie scene. There's a big field there's like woods and at like pretty far away, and out of the woods, I see this fair-haired lass, um, really frizzy hair, but she's beautiful, beautiful, and I see her running. And I'm first thinking, is there a bear or a wolf? But she's running at me because she's so excited to see me. It was like one of the movie scenes. We're running, like, ah. and, you know, there's sounds and all stuff, and I and the moment I saw her running, I went. That's going to be my wife. Oh, I know, I know. And I was like, nothing was going to stop me. And so I got home. I had saved away some money. I went uh, in town to see my parents. And I went to a place where my dad had bought a ring for my mom. And I went to the same place to buy a ring for her. It's about four days before I'm going to propose to her. And I've got to call her dad. you You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. Now her dad... Her dad I'd met one time because he was a missionary in Argentina. And so he had been there. And It had been eight months ago. Michelle and I had only been dating maybe three months or four months when we met. And so I, stuttering Dan, have got to call this guy, long distance uh, missionary on the field, and, and ask if he would uh, bless me, whatever. Whatever they do, what, right? I don't even know what it is. They would give his blessing on me marrying his daughter, who he didn't know me at all besides all the times my sir my wife had talked to him so I call him up he picks up the phone and I say I stamp her through it because I am I am shot you know what I'm saying I'm like, I'm nervous and I say hey Leon and it was near the smooth but I was like I, I, I I've been dating Michelle for like a year and, and a half and um I don't know I, I love her and I would like to ask her to be my wife and wanted to know if you would bless that and so we it got quiet for a second that's never good and he says well he says this is a true story he says have you talked to her about this and i said no sir i'm asking you first and uh because it, it's the right thing to do so to ask you first before i say anything to her about it and uh and, and listen y'all need to take some some notes on, on that hey, guys Y'all, y'all need to go on a limb sometime. Some don't don't get your friend to ask someone else if they like me, if they like her. Let, let's talk. You gotta learn to ask someone out and be brave and get shot down or anything. It makes you tougher. Makes you a little bit better. Anyway, so he says. I said, no, sir. I, I, I've not. I, I've not not asked her. And she says she has no idea. And he goes, well, my Michelle is a sweet girl, but she's very naive. And so I'm like, uh-oh. And he says. Um, she's probably led you on without knowing she led you on, but I don't really think she likes you in the same way that you like her. Honestly, <laughs> to a stuttering guy, he had no sympathy, and so and so. At that point, I'm like, oh. and he goes, "Well, when when are you going to ask her?" I said, "Friday morning or Saturday morning is what it was," and he and he says, "Well, give me a call." And let us know how things go. And then he says this. <laughs> then, then he says this. Well, it's probably not going to go well. So um, thanks for the call. And it was nice to talk to you. At that point, the resolve I had felt when she ran across that field. And I remember I got off the phone and I was like. She's talked to her dad about me, going. Nah, I'm dating this guy. He's not just. A, he's just not that great of a guy. Evidently, because this conversation did not go well. And after two days, I was able to build my resolve back up. And I'm. I you know what? I got one life to live. YOLO. And that was before <laughs> y- y- YOLO was even around. And I was like, I am going to ask her out, right? And long story short, because there's a lot to it, but I I, I proposed. She said, what? When I said, would you be my wife? And she went, what? And I ripped off my shirt. And on my, on my chest, I had written in lipstick, will you you, you marry me with a box uh, over my heart? That was a yes box. And I had no box on my back, but it was near my buttocks, but near my back. So that was how I proposed to my wife. True story? And she, and she said, yes, thank the good Lord, as y'all know. You've got to, hey, hey, listen, listen. That's all true. Is it true, babe? It, sorry, sorry. I've just, I think I've just wrecked Ken. Hey, let, li- hey, listen. I know it. Well, well, and. And she, and it really, and guys, you take, take notes on this. It, she, she had she had, no she had she had no clue, and so my, my my wife was in the best mood at like six a.m. in the morning, so we had a like six a.m. date because I wanted her to be in the best mood possible. I wanted every chance for everything to work out, and it did. So and now we're married, and she's stuck. Hey, no more questions. I got a sermon to finish. Uh, my buddy jo- Jordan Stinziano from New York. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still my my buddy. He 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 actually preached the very first camp that I led. Anyways, um <clears throat> so I've really wrecked this message with all that. Uh, um s- some of you say to yourself uh well, I try to have re- resolve. I make a commitment at camp or at winter retreat or disciple now or a mission trip to be different, but it just doesn't, do, do, doesn't work. And um, part of the problem is it's, it's just got to be your faith. Do you believe in God or not? Is God, is, is God who he says he is? You know, To have faith in God is to believe that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. And no matter even when things get rough, he's still in control of all things. Do do we have faith or not? Because God is calling you, even right now, to to grab this faith with both your hands, embrace it, and live it out. Uh, If you want resolve, you've got to have that. One of my favorite quotes from a Star Wars movie is Yoda when he says the phrase, Do or do not, there is no try. Yeah, do or do not, there is no try. In 25 years that I have had the privilege to work with youth, one of the weakest no offense, phrases I've ever heard is this, but I tried. I just want to go. Ugh, nah. I tried to break up with that girl I shouldn't have been dating. I tried to stay pure when I was dating that guy. I tried not to go to that 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 party, but then I tried not to have a drink. I tried to read my Bible. I tried to. I, I, it's a small group. We had a page that we had to do. Oh, Pastor Dan, I just had no time this week. Really? But I tried. I just, I just didn't didn't have time. I tried to obey my parents, but you know that that's a weak sounding phrase, right? Did you laugh because of your parents' butt? I tried to forget it. You want re- resolve in your life. One is own your faith. Two is quit trying and start doing just start doing and it's James But be a doer of the word not a hearer only and so deceive yourself what the word of God says start, start to do it I'm not saying do everything you're not going to get it all right but just start to do something a doer of the word not just good things do the word live it out and don't forget this. We're a people of grace. We're a people of grace. But don't use that as an excuse not to do. Quit relying on, well, I'm a person of grace. God doesn't expect me to, to do that. No, because I'm a person of grace, that's why I do it. Because he has done so much for me, that's why I can do. Just little thing for him. That's That's the attitude. Daniel was forced to be in a world that was against God. But that didn't mean he was a part of the world, and we're going to we're going to see that as as we go through this this text through the next few weeks or months. Um, many teenagers, who uh, who 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 just live in this world, uh, they they straddle godly things and worldly things, and uh, you know the word of God says you've been. Bought with a price, therefore honor God with your body. It says to flee from, in 1 Corinthians, flee from sexual immorality. You know what that means? It means flee from it. It means quit, 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 quit doing this. And and, and choose, man, I don't care what the world is saying. I don't care even what sometimes I want. I'm going to honor God with what I do. Resolve. Own your faith. Quit trying to start doing You just got to understand that you have influence over so many people around you. You are being watched by so many people. And when you make a stand for Christ and live for God, people will notice. Many will not like it, but some will take note and go, okay, there's something there. That I don't have and I want it. That's what I saw when I was a teenager, when I was 16, when I was lost and I went to a youth camp. I saw some things in kids they had that I didn't have. And it was it was Christ. And you cannot have resolve until you have a relationship. And that's a relationship through Christ. Understanding that your sin, your sin separates you. separates us all from God. And we all sin. We all choose to sin. But God did not leave us there. He chose to pursue us, and he sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life without sin. And he was placed on the cross. And we've all heard the story. He was placed on the cross, and he died because he was crucified on the cross. He didn't die because he was crucified on the cross. He died because the sins of mankind were laid upon him. He did not have to pay for his own sin because he had no sin. But our sin was laid on him, and that is what killed him on the cross. And as he died on the cross, he gave to us his righteousness, the righteousness relationship with God that he earned all by himself, he bestowed, he imputed that to us. Man, that's how great our God is. We, um, I'm going to wrap this stuff up. You know, one thing I really would love for our group to do uh, is to... I was just getting to talk with a youth this week, and, and it just... Sometimes it's important to have spiritual conversations. It's important in a youth group to hear more about God than when you're just sitting in front of me on a Wednesday night each week. I want to my hope is this uh that when you leave this room that you'll be active just to talk about the message or talk about what God is doing in your life this week. Now I've got some some something uh that some of you can grab or not the choice is yours. And this is an after-edge questions. deals with the message from tonight. Uh, it's even laminated, so you can spit on it and it won't smear. Okay? Now, now this is what I would love. If you ride it in the car going from here to home or someplace else and you're with a group of youth, talk about the card. Some things to ask about the message or what you think about certain things or how you feel about here. here. Her, 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 heroes or what do you want to be resolved about in your life what's one thing you need to work on unless we can start to talk about it we're not we're not going to get there we've got to have be accountable my hope is this at Chick-fil-a I want you to eat the Lord's chick, chick chicken <laughs> but hey alright but I want also want you to talk about the Lord okay so grab one of these things, and whatever booth you sit in or table you sit in, grab, pull this thing out and talk about it. I'm going to try to do this every week, whether even if you take this home and you're with your, your mom and dad or your brothers and sisters at home. And I'm not some freaking great, amazing man of God. I'm just a man who is trying to honor God and, and, and lead you the best way that I can. So these are going to be up front just to grab one. They're all the same things, but don't grab more than one. And uh, we're going to pray, and we're going to be dismissed tonight. I have missed you guys and getting to speak with y'all. So thanks for being attentive for so long, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, I thank you so much for um, the chance for us just to be here tonight, just to talk about things that are important to you. God, help us to have resolve like Daniel on things that are important to you. God, when we need to make a stand, even when it costs us, even when we have to sacrifice something or ourselves, God, may we be bold enough to do it. And God, may you use us to be a light to point people to Jesus wherever we go. May this youth group be a youth group that has spiritual conversations, not just in this building, but everywhere they go. Uh, I thank you for every student that's here. God, I ask that you bless them. Uh, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, these are these these are up here on the stage. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. You're the best. Thank you, Zoe. Did did you have a